Hello everyone, I'm Amy Spizak talking to you from Rochester Institute of Technology in upstate New York. I just moved into my apartment today to start my second year in the new media design program at RIT. Before at RIT, I was a four-year staff member and during my senior year, I was an editor-in-chief at Corning Painted Post High School. On this episode of the Yearbook Wise podcast, we go back to an episode that originally came out in February. A conversation Mr. Simmons had with retired advisor Jim Jordan about taking yearbook staffs to conventions. The convention in Chicago is right around the corner, and I have to tell you, taking your staff to conventions is something you don't want to miss out on. When I was on the test race staff, I got to go to a plethora of conventions around the country, and those experiences helped me and the rest of the staff become the program we are today. Those are some of my favorite memories from yearbook because I got to grow with the staff and, as well as an individual, all while having a blast and learning more about yearbook. Okay, here's the show. Enjoy! Hey friends, and welcome back to another episode of the Yearbook Wise Podcast, the podcast for yearbook people everywhere. My name is Mike Simmons. I'm coming to you from Corning, New York, where I advise Tesserae, the yearbook at Corning Painted Post High School. We're about uh, three weeks out from returning to the classroom. I know many of you are there already, but I wanted to get back in front of you with a repost of an episode uh, that originally came out last February that is timely once again. In November, uh, you're going to have an opportunity to take your students on the road to the National High School Journalism Convention in Chicago. It's sponsored by JEA and NSPA and runs from November 1st through 4th in Chicago, downtown, and it is not to be missed. It's one of the best locations for uh, conventions uh, and for the National High School Journalism Convention. Well, suffice it to say, it's something that you've got uh, got to get to. If you've never experienced a convention before, Uh, I highly recommend that you go by yourself the very first time as an advisor. And uh, you're going to hear that bit of advice and quite a bit more in the bulk of today's episode, which again, I originally recorded back in February with uh, my dear friend and mentor, Jim Jordan. Jim is uh, retired now after a 35-year career at the Decamian Yearbook at uh, Del Campo High School in Fair Oaks, California. He was the 1996 uh, Yearbook Advisor of the Year for JEA and has been a frequent uh, guest of the podcast. He hosts his own podcast right now, Yearbook Chat with Jim, uh, in the Walsworth Yearbooks Podcast Network. Uh, That's the the twin podcast to Ask Mike, hosted by his friend and colleague and and my friend, uh, Mike Taylor. If you've been listening throughout, you know Jim's voice, and uh, and he'll be no stranger to you. As I was looking back at it, though, uh, I've got quite a a bigger audience uh, now with the Yearbook Wise than when this originally aired. And uh, that's why I wanted to get it back in front of you and and back up in the feed. Uh, A little bit of a rundown about uh, what's coming. As I said, the National High School Journalism Convention, co-hosted by JEA and NSPA, will be in Chicago November 1st through 4th. You can find out uh, more about the Chicago and other upcoming conventions at journalismconvention.org. Uh, That very same weekend, it's making a busy weekend for some of us, CSPA is having its fall conference in Manhattan on Monday, November 5th. Uh, CSPA then follows on with its spring convention, uh, its much bigger affair, uh, always held in mid-March. That will be March 20th to 22nd 
2019, and then uh, the National High School Journalism Convention uh, Spring version, Spring Convention, rounds out uh, convention season in Anaheim, California. Uh, it's a late one this year. It's going to be April 25th through 27th, uh, 2019, with a Saturday night departure. Again, uh, best advice uh, to anybody coming for the first time is to come alone, but uh, I think for the rest of it, we'll let you get into the main body of the podcast here in my conversation with Jim. Uh, just first, remember, if you've got any feedback or questions, you can reach out to me at iteachyearbook at gmail.com, and you can find the podcast on Twitter at, at yearbookwise. It'd be great to have you give a, a review uh, on Apple iTunes or to have you subscribe and uh, certainly I'd appreciate it if you would share the podcast with other advisors, uh, perhaps your editors or staff members, if, uh, if they're interested. Uh, but for now, here's the conversation about everything you've ever needed to know about journalism conventions with retired yearbook uh, advisor and current Walsworth special consultant, Jim Jordan. I think both you and I have uh, been able to take kids out on the road and, and help them make some connections with what they're doing in the lab to what they could be doing in career and vocation. Um, you and I have talked before about connecting to that bigger yearbook universe. And, and that's where I want to kind of guide this today, talking about conventions. We're um, on the doorstep of uh, CSPA's uh, March convention coming up just before St. Patrick's Day. That'll be then chased by the National High School Journalism Convention in San Francisco. And I know that you and I have both been active on the JEA listserv, and, and we've been in um, the same network for just about a decade now. And we've both had uh, conversations with advisors who are thinking to themselves, I, I could never travel with kids, or I, I can't manage all that. I don't know where to begin. And I really wanted to explore that with you um, as a veteran of, I think you told me, over 60 conventions. Yep. I'm sure there's a lot that you can share with advisors out there who, who haven't yet taken those first steps out on the road. Um, let's just go briefly through some of your history there, and, and then maybe we can start start unpacking it a little bit. Yeah, my first convention it actually was a local one. We have a, um, a Journalism Education Association of Northern California that um, has a convention every few years, and they had one in San Jose, and I don't know now, I don't remember why I finally got up the nerve to go, but I took a bunch of kids there. And the best part about that particular one was I made a connection. At that one, I met John Cutsinger for the first time. Okay, all right. Went to his sessions. They were amazing. And then here's the, the what he did. Um, he sent me a personal postcard and said, thanks for coming. Love the work that your kids are doing. And he's been my friend for 35 years ever since. Right. But and it all started there. Connection of meeting some of the greats in the field, that was my first takeaway from, from my first convention. Then my second one, then we kind of got the bug, and that next spring, we decided to go to JEA in Tucson. They've never had a convention there since. Um, and this was my group that was going to be my first desktop publishing group. Okay. So the juniors that year, we all flew down to Tucson and had an amazing time. And that really was, that trip was the bonding trip, um, where we really all came together. And if you've ever been to Tucson, they have this place called Old Tucson. Okay. And they have gunfights and rodeos and all those kind of things. And we still, to this day, I'm in touch with all those editors, we still laugh about John Spangenberg 
riding and roping the goat. <laughs> so, so just crazy stuff um, that you remember. And then the next fall, after we started our desktop journey, we went to Chicago for the first time. Okay. And Chicago's coming up again, I think. Is it, it's in the it'll, fall next year. It'll be in November, absolutely. Yeah, and that's going to be a, a wild weekend. We'll talk about that in a minute. Chicago is like the greatest place ever for a student journalism convention. Number one, because it's the hotels are right there on Michigan Avenue. And there's great shopping and great food. And it's just an electric atmosphere that kids get to experience. Now, that one, um, and, and I guess I would say, too, the, the first stage in me being a successful advisor and getting um, caught up in being it for 35 years was going to summer camp. Summer camp, I met a bunch of great um, advisors, H.L. Hall, Bruce Watterson, Tom Rolnicki at the time, and they were all talking about the conventions. And I think so, that's where I met you for the first time was at GYE in 2007. That that exactly the same. Yeah. And so we're all talking about you got to go and there's great networking, you learn a lot. And so because they talked about it so highly, then I I started going. And that first Chicago convention, oh my goodness, that was the greatest, you know, until your kid, I mean, now I didn't realize what you know, um, sheltered suburban kids they were, but in retrospect, they talk about it and they, they'd never done anything like that. Some of them hadn't flown on a plane before, right. you know, what do you do when you get approached on the street by someone trying to sell you a gold chain, you know, that kind of crazy stuff. Right. Um, and then they, then they just learned also in those days, write-offs were totally different. They had first place, you got it was the you know the best story in the story writing category and the best it wasn't superior everybody gets one right. and my kids a few of my brilliant kids and they really were brilliant they got the first place trophy wow and these were some of, this is funny now these were some of the um, contests that you know only HL Hall's kids won right nobody from you know suburban Sacramento won and so my kids realized. They were good at this, right. and they had a voice, and somebody outside said, you guys got something going on there. There's a lot of validation there. Oh, my goodness. So much validation. And let's break down just for one second. I'm going to interrupt you. The, I want to make sure that for people who have never done a convention before, we're getting a little bit of a glossary going. Uh, you just mentioned write-offs at the National High School Journalism Convention, typically on the Friday evening of each convention, which is about three, three and a half days long. There's a head-to-head a -head competition from for everything from caption writing to photography to design. And yes. then those awards are typically given um, on Sunday morning. I know that in San Francisco, they're going to get it all together in one award ceremony so people can red-eye home, uh, which is the first time they're doing that. So that's the write-off competition. And uh, again, that's uh, individual entries, kids going head-to-head. -head. Yeah, and, and I've never made a big deal about those. Um, but it's just a great way for a kid to see how well he can write in a short amount of time and what that kind of a contest looks like. They've gone to more, more and more of the things are sent in ahead of time. So, you know, all the photography uh, um, contests, you mail in your photos ahead of time. There was a time when, you know, we had to go to Costco and run off the prints and put them on a piece of board and take them in. So it's much more streamlined 
but it's just a great experience. Yeah, and as an aside for advisors who are thinking about this for the first time, I would say register your kids for write-offs because if anything, it gives you two hours of downtime and you can just collect yourself and breathe. That's the best Uh, part. (laughs) But I think you and I would both also say, you know, tongue-in-cheek aside, uh, giving back to the conventions, um, and we could probably do a whole other episode on this, but either by offering uh, sem- sessions, uh, about 50-minute sessions or so with some Q&A, or by volunteering uh, in facilitating a write-off or judging it, um, yeah. JEA and the sponsoring organizations always uh, definitely appreciate that. Um, let's go through the, the basics of the conventions just real quickly, and I should probably disclaim, I serve on the Advisors Association Board at CSPA. So maybe, Jim, if I can handle that one, I'll let you speak to the national convention um, that goes uh, East Coast, West Coast. Um, But for CSPA, we offer a Wednesday, Thursday, Friday experience on Columbia University's campus in the Upper West Hyde side of Manhattan. It's always right around the middle of March. Um, This year, it's uh, 14, 15, 16 of March. So it's right around the corner, about just a month out from now. And we'll have anywhere from maybe 2,800 to 3,500 students. I'd have to fact check that, but gather uh, on the Upper West Side campus. And the model at both conventions is is very, very similar where you're looking at about a 50 minute uh, seminar or workshop and then about a 10 minute pass period. Uh, At Columbia, it's across the campus and um, students will come from all over the country. We've had students come internationally before to experience those three days in the city and often uh, schools will find themselves pairing the daytime learning and training opportunities with nighttime New York City opportunities. Everything from the Statue of Liberty to Top of the Rock to a Broadway show. I know you and I have both had staffs there before. Um, it's it's u- unique or, or different than the National High School Journalism Convention in that it's always based in New York City. And there's something that I enjoy being you know, relatively close. We're four hours away we can get into some patterns and routines. Uh, my kids love going to the same place every year for, for we call it family dinner on one night and there's a tradition there. Um, yep. But um, it wraps up with the crown ceremony uh, for newspapers and literary magazines, websites and yearbooks on Friday afternoon and then everybody heads out. I do know some staff stay into Saturday and gain another day. Um, I think you and I have both talked to, or and, and maybe you have, you can tell me, but I, I know that some of the delegations from Texas or Arizona or California, if they're saying we're going all the way to the East Coast, we might as well stay and, and really maximize our time and enjoy New York City uh, full out. Yeah, absolutely. We always stay till Sunday and we do a lot of convention, but a lot of New York. And, you know, another thing about all these conventions, I am one, I love having adventures right. and taking kids into New York and showing them what this wonderful, marvelous city is all about uh, is an educational experience that outshines, you know, probably 90% of the things that they're going to do. And another fun thing, another great thing about going to CSPA um, is being on that campus. It's gorgeous. To to sit in a classroom that is part of Columbia University will take your breath away Absolutely. to walk across that quad and see that low library. It's stunning. It is. And then I was just watching, I think, I think it was, um, it was the marvelous Mrs. Mizell, um, the new, uh, series on, on Amazon prime. Right. 
the father is a teacher. Her father is a teacher. Guess where he teaches? Columbia. You get to go in the mathematics classroom at Columbia, which I've taught a session there. And it's just amazing. I mean, like every third movie, you're going to find that set. I was going to say, my, my frame of reference is Ghostbusters, uh, because it also <laughs> heavily features Columbia. <laughs> No, it's it's absolutely fantastic. You know, I'm, I think right now we're we're planning on taking about twenty two kids uh, a month from now. We're gonna catch a show. My kids enjoy just having some downtime uh, in Central Park, right? Just to to kind of ramble and wander. Um, I would interject. I, I know we're not numbering these tips, but uh, another tip for for people planning on it for the first time, I'd say you want to strike a balance between just enough programming and not you know, getting right up to that edge of exhaustion. It is certainly nice and as, as an advisor to return to the hotel and know that the kids are just going to crash into bed and, and not give you any issues overnight. Um, but I've found in the last couple of years, my kids have benefited far more from a, a little bit of breathing space and, and not just ground pounding from point A to point B to point C, you know, bam, 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 bam. It's important to, uh, to give them a little bit of a, a breathing space. Would you say, would you agree with that? Oh, absolutely, because I'm, I'm one all run them right if I, if I can. Right. Another exciting thing for me is um, periodically my, my kids' work has been up for a crown, and a number of times my college editors will fly in from college to pick up their crown award. That's special. That's wonderful. That's, it's marvelous. It's magical. In fact, there are two times every single editor was there. Wow. And they get to celebrate. They go to a show. One time they all arrange it. They say it in an Airbnb. And, you know, you just can't take that away from it. It was just another way for them to value their yearbook experience. We should highlight, too, I'd be remiss, and I know Ed Sullivan, the executive director of CSPA, would, would want me to note that the um, the luncheons at, at both conventions, but to CSPAs, the luncheons are a really lovely time for advisors. They're going to... Um, salute the uh, National Journalism Advisor of the Year, yes, uh, Tom Gaeta, year, right? on, on Thursday, yep, and, um, and Columbia, or CSPA, I should say, uh, is the, the main sponsor um, of that now, and then on Friday, there's a, a whole host of other awards um, for uh, various uh, recognitions, the Gold Keys, the O'Malley Award, those all happen during a Friday luncheon as well, and um, I know that my experience at both conventions has been, you know, those opportunities to network. And, yeah. and as you and I both said, we, you know, we started with camps and got exposed to that, that bigger yearbook world and journalism world. And now some of my very best friends in the world are, are people that I can only see two or three times a year, but we really make uh, just fabulous use of that time. That's right. Yeah. And to have lunch in the rotunda of the low it's library, gorgeous. it's, it's stunning. It's just beautiful, and the food's great, and the company's great, and you get to meet new people that you haven't met before. It's like, don't miss it. And you and I should know, we, let, let's just uh, say this forthrightly, you are and always have been, in my experience, you're a Wallsworth guy. I'm a Herf Jones guy. I have yeah. been. I expect yeah. I will be for some time to come. You're now a special consultant with them, and congratulations on that, the yes. new job. Um, but. You know, it that's never mattered. No, <laughs> and and you talk about the the lunch at the rotunda, and I'm thinking about our our social time and our friendship that we've enjoyed for a decade. And you know, I'm running this podcast, um, publisher agnostic. It, it's just a these conventions are a great opportunity to increase the the scope of your own professional learning community. And um, and what better opportunity than to 
maybe to branch out from from people you know within your publisher and, and understand how things are done differently with a different publisher or to open yourself to the opportunity to meet somebody from from Seattle or somebody from the upper peninsula of, of Michigan or way down in Florida. It is just it's there's phenomenal opportunities for growth. Um, and it's been really reaffirming for me as an advisor, because too, Jim, I think you and I are, I know you taught within the English department. I'm a technology guy. Um, information technology is my, my non-yearbook stuff. But as it goes to your book, I'm the only person in my building who's doing what I'm doing. Right. And, and so, exactly. yeah. So to have the, the opportunity to, to sit down with you or the friends we share and and to commiserate or to share or to ask for advice you know it, it's not like we are one of three or four biology teachers in the same wing neighbors in the classroom um so i, I want to lift that up as another opportunity and, and our listeners can probably get the sense we're I'm, I'm skewing this heavily uh advisor first um and coming at right out and saying it i think if we have advisors who are listening who have never done a convention first i know some of the popular advice out there is go by yourself first before you bring kids yeah, absolutely. Just to kind of get the lay of the land. I, I actually, when I first started going to CSPA, I didn't take kids. I, I was kind of afraid to take them. And then finally, I did, and it, it just worked out fantastically. One thing I also wanted to tie back into something you said earlier, those of us, and, and I really hope all of us that are listening either are this or becoming this, students of this yearbook genre. So this crazy thing that we do here in America really doesn't happen other places except in American schools. The idea of capturing the essence of a school year in a book. Um, if you're really a student, you, you want to learn what's happening with the other companies. How do they handle this? How are they covering things differently? What looks? What is the look of their approach that may be different from ours or whatever? And so that exchange of ideas, I think, makes us all richer and deeper. Um, and you really only get that mix at a convention. Yeah, I you know, couldn't you agree more. You go to a camp now, camps have pretty much become all the independent camps have not been able to stay afloat. Most of them, there are still a few, but um, most of them are company camps. And so you miss out on some of this rich stuff that's going on across company. So, and I love that. Now, CSPA is New York City-based. Can you share with our listeners a little bit about this November Eastern U.S. and April Western U.S. model that the National High School Journalism Convention uses? Absolutely, yeah. Um, they, will always, it's, they will always have a location, usually on the east, the middle part of the United States in the fall, right around the first <coughs> or second week of November. Then in the spring, when the weather gets better, Sometime middle of first to middle of April, they have a convention uh, somewhere on the West Coast, um, and so you can kind of pick. Do you want to go? Do you want to go far away and go to the fall one? The fall one's good because you can still get inspiration for this year's book. Some places they have uh, opportunities. Some yearbook companies have opportunities where you can bring your layouts that you're working on and get feedback, and so that's kind of a cool thing. Um, and then the spring one, you kind of are launching for um, your next year. And so like a lot of schools will bring the current editors to the fall and then bring the new editors to the spring. And I'll talk a little bit more. I'll talk about that now. For me, one of the great things about the spring convention, and I've, I've 
I'm like a compulsive list keeper. So I, I have put down every all one of the conventions that I've been to. And I've been to 33 spring conventions in a row. And mm -hmm. one of the reasons it's been so great is for me, that was like, if you go to that convention in the spring, it's telling me you're in for next year. Right. Somehow you figured out how to work out the finances. You made it work with your class schedule. And so almost always, and I, this, this was never said because you really couldn't, really couldn't do this and make it a requirement, but kids that went and engaged in the spring convention were saying to me, I want to be an editor. I want to do what it takes. And kids that went with that attitude, they brought back so many great ideas. Um, I remember one of my groups, they went to a, a, a session led by Megan Percival, and I think Aaron Harris might have been in it too, and maybe even Carrie Faust. But you got all I had three done of the a session like this before on you know, 50 ways to tell the story of the year, right. and they'd kind of updated it and done it in an amazing way. Well, they got a handout from that session, and they're pulling out that handout every week reminding themselves about the kind of coverage they could do in the book. So <clears throat> when kids really engage, it makes a huge difference. I think too one thing that you you point out there is is traveling and and going I think um if advisors were having a hard time articulating it to parents or principals or if there was some any negative talk or disdain for well you you just want to travel you just want to ha go have a good time it's important that we as advisors articulate to our staffs who are participating you're going on this experience so that you can bring it back into the lab and we need to use these resources, these new learnings, these new discoveries, the, these new inspiration pieces, these new connections with other staffs and advisors who said, hey, email me. You can actually email them and be in touch and, and you know, increase and grow that network. Again, not just for advisors, but for staffs, too, and, and live it and make it real each day when you're back in the lab. Yeah, and, and as an advisor, it's always so recharging. You know, Absolutely. anytime you go to a convention, you're reminded about what you're doing, why it's important, and that there are a lot of people just like you that are putting their heart and soul into this book right. or this newspaper or this video program that you have. And it just charges you up. And, and most teachers, I'm sorry to say, in their jobs don't have the opportunity to go and get this kind of boost in the middle of their school year. Um, so I, I can't say enough, you know, it's, it's an unbelievable educational experience. It's re-energizing for us. And then it provides this, un, and this, this really probably is the biggest one. It provides these opportunities for kids to grow and learn even beyond the publication classroom. So it's just a total win-win on every, on every angle. Now, I know you're probably going to this, but I'll, I'll, I'll say it. The, the first thing that you have to do to make this happen, and this really needs to start early in the year, um, if at all possible, um, you need to get your administration on board. And it, it's amazing how it's changed over the years I've been going. Um, the, the approval process in California in my district was very minimal in the 80s. And then as time got, has gone on, it's gotten harder and harder. The paperwork's gotten longer and longer. 
And so it's really good to get started early and get your get your principal on board. And here's a great tip about getting your principal on board. Invite your principal to come. Absolutely. And you have to go once or twice. But I mean I get I mean I get chills thinking about taking my the first time I took a principal to a convention was CSPA and my principal, her husband, had been a first responder on 9-11. He worked the pile. And he still hasn't been back, I don't think. But I took my principal, Gail Pierce, and at that time, that's a whole other story about I've been at 9-11 about five different times, six different times, and seen the whole progress. But she got to go for the first time and see her pub, her, where her husband had worked on the 9-11 stuff. And she, she knew how important going to these conventions were by what she experienced. And then the other one took my next, one of my next principles. Her father was an Italian immigrant and we were able to go to Ellis Island and see the place, the plaque on the external area of the, of Ellis Island, which they have now, where they list when, where every um, immigrant came in through Ellis Island. We found her father's name. Oh, wow. And were able to take a picture of her by her father's name. Even more importantly, all the kids saw, this is what Ellis Island means. This is what immigration is all about. And you couldn't have had that experience. And again, um, Vera Vaccaro um, was a great publication supporter because she saw it firsthand. So invite your principal. Absolutely. Great time. Absolutely. And, and I've got to put in a... A happy plug after the fact for our administrative team. They were able to join us in Dallas. I think you were in the room with us at the luncheon yeah. uh, back in November. But our team, uh, Robin Sheehan, Michelle Caulfield, and Mike Janowski, were honored as the administrators of the year uh, by JEA. And it was it was such a delight for them to be able to see the kids, our kids at Tesserae, surrounded by, what, 4,500, 5,000 other kids uh, to be amidst that that energy and that enthusiasm for all things journalism and yearbook, um, they had heard about it for so long. But for Robin and Michelle to be able to see it firsthand, um, I think it only strengthened the bonds of support that we enjoy from them. And it was just absolutely tremendous. Um, there's certain hurdles to be confronted with uh, being advisor as travel agent, um, oh my and and getting yeah. on the road. And and I, I do want to put a plug. And as much as we're staying, you know, company agnostic with the podcast, those of you listening to the Yearbook Wise podcast, I really want to encourage you to join up with the Journalism Education Association. I make no money with them. I give them my money. So I think I'm safe on the recommendation. But the the brain trust that is the JEA listserv and that network, as well as your own statewide uh, JEA um, uh, associations, uh, there, there's just such a wealth of information and experience there uh, where you can share, you know, hey, I'm, I'm concerned about getting around New York City on the subway or how many bags should I tell my kids to pack or how do I map downtown Dallas to give my kids some good boundaries for parents who are concerned. Um, I would say any more, Jim, wouldn't you agree? Th this has all been done before, in essence, which is to Absolutely. say we there's yeah. dozens upon dozens of conventions worth of uh, model and logistics that, that have already happened. So if you are a newer advisor or a first-timer traveling alone, or maybe you're going to travel with a half dozen kids, maybe you're bringing 20 kids, there is somebody who has done it before, 
and by plugging into that network, you've got access to to all of that knowledge and history. Yeah, and and I would just say a, a, a plug to both groups now are are providing great um, guidance online. I was Absolutely. just looking today at the. Uh, National High School Journalism site. It's called sf.journalismconvention.org, and this didn't this didn't exist ten years ago. Right. And now you go there. It's like one stop shopping. It'll let you know who are the keynote speakers going to be. It lets you know how to sign up for the hotel, and then eventually uh, it runs a full PDF of the program, so you can begin sifting through all the different sessions and pick which ones you want your kids to go to. And I'll just insert this right now. Um, I love these moments. It would be, um, we'd come in Thursday or we'd be done with what we're doing on Thursday. And then we'd all gather in somebody's room. Everybody had their highlighters. And I would go through and say, this is a must see workshop. Now these three, you can pick from these three, but this one, you know, like I, I always tell my kids, um, Paul Ender and Ann Akers, their A to Z class, that's like foundational in the yearbook world. So you got to go see that one. Then you've got to go see a Mike Simmons photo class. That It'll just change your life. Or you want to have a great time and learn about writing, go to Lori Oglesby's section, uh, session. And so we would just sit and just decide who's going where and how it's how you're going to plug in and how you're going to get there. And then another thing I'll insert now that goes along with that, um, I learned this from a bunch of other advisors um, over the years, is give kids tasks when they're in the sessions. So I created some specific note paper, had lines on it. It had a place to put the title. I had them rate the session. Then I had them break it down into... <coughs> What's the most important thing you learned in this session? And so they were required to keep notes, and I gave them um, a quota. They had to go to at least one of the two keynotes and 80% of the sessions that they could possibly go to and take them. Then we compile all those and they get back. We talked about what they learned. And a lot of other advisors have done this far better than I have about bringing home stuff and sharing it with the whole staff. But every kid would come home with a notebook of eight or so set of session notes that you can take to your principal and say, see what these guys learned? See what they brought home? And then there's no question about the educational value of the convention. Absolutely. And backtracking in just a couple of minutes while we're looking at the online resources, I want to put in a plug for CSPA's convention. Yes. If you go to cspa.columbia.edu on the right-hand side, it says annual spring convention, learn more. And you can uh, go there for resources that are commensurate with what's offered out there from the journalismconvention.org sites. Um, and I think that both um, Twitter feeds are required reading for advisors who are um, looking at, at getting on board with the conventions um, at CSPA and at National JEA, also at NSPA, um, JEA and NSPA partner to bring the, uh, the national convention together. There's just a wealth of resources online. You know, Jim, we talked about benefits for advisors. We've, we've talked about inspiration and, and finding out 
what's hot and new, what tools there are out there, what other staffs are doing, maybe sitting down for a one-on-one -on -one with your company. I think all of the companies offer those one-on-one uh, -on -one booth experiences at, at both conventions. Um, certainly the learning activities you've got anywhere from, well, I guess if you only went to one, you could go from one to what about maybe 13 or 14 different sessions or more. There's all sorts of networking opportunities and some advisor only sessions or advisor only receptions, uh, to network and meet people all over the country. And certainly I know that you and I have enjoyed many catch up times over coffee or just sitting around with one of the other books or with some of our other friends, just continuing to nurture and develop those friendships uh, is, is absolutely huge. When we have staff on board, you know, you and I have both gone adventuring. Um, I want to make note of um, what the National Convention through NSPA JEA offers. They're, uh, they have a robust uh, setup of uh, media tours. Uh, so if it was Dallas or Seattle the spring before that, coming up to San Francisco and then Chicago after that, they'll work with the you know the local CBS affiliate or the local pro sports team stadium media department and offer I don't know, sometimes up to about two dozen different opportunities for students to get out and about uh, either with sports journalists or with um, major market uh, journalism outfits or maybe a tour at a local university. Uh, there's all sorts of opportunities there. And certainly if you're in New York City at CSPA, uh, there's no lack of media organizations that you could reach out to. Um, I've done that with my own kids, I'm proud to say. And, and there's, uh, you'll often find a warm reception uh, from companies who, if you say, hey, I'm, I'm coming into town with a dozen media and journalism students. They'd love to be you when they grow up. Do you mind if we stop by? And it's always a warm welcome. Yeah, and I, I also want to throw in, and we didn't quite get back to this, Thursday at the National High School uh, Journalism Conventions, both in the fall and the spring, has a very rich array of full-day sessions for kids to get involved in. Now, this is, this is where I was not the best. We, we could not get enough time out of school, so... On the best of times, we would fly Wednesday afternoon, get in Wednesday night, and then Thursday was our day to see the city. And then Friday was sessions all day, Saturday was sessions all day, and we'd go home on Sunday. Now, that meant we couldn't go to those Thursday sessions. But if I were starting again, I would make those Thursday sessions top priority. Because you look at who's teaching them and their depth of experience, and you see what you can come away with, it's really phenomenal. Uh, because if there's any cost, it's it's minimal. And But the problem is, here's the big problem, is like for San Francisco, I would bet they're all full by now or pretty close to yeah, full. Yeah, they do fill up early. And, and I would say, um, and anybody can look it up at the, the .org site that we've offered up previously, but I think you're looking at between 20 and $30 for somewhere between six to eight hours uh, of training. There's various boot camps. Uh, my buddy Jed Palmer and I were the, were the photo bros for Thursday, so we'll go in-depth from we'll work with kids who are already shooting their own weddings to kids who have never turned a camera on before. There's design clinics, there's um, diversity uh, programming, there's mentoring uh, programs within JEA. Uh, there's, you're right. There's again, I think probably about two dozen different offerings on those Thursdays. It's absolutely phenomenal. Yeah. The, the, the Friday and Saturday, it's kind of a smorgasbord quick bites and Thursday you get a rich meal. 
And so if you have the time to devote to that unparalleled. Absolutely. Another, another plug on the, um, for the national uh, JEA conventions are the keynotes that they have. Um, they have had some spectacular journalists come in and tell their story to, you know, 3,000 to 6,000 kids. And they're always amazing and awe-inspiring. Now, sometimes the groups, you know, your group wants to stay out and play or whatever, but I highly recommend going to the keynotes. I'm just looking up. I've got to get back to the, the Dallas convention. The gal that spoke there, my kids were absolutely just enraptured by. Um, she was the photojournalist who I think she had shot in Turkey. Um, yeah. It's escaping me right now. I'm sure I'm going to get it wrong. And Mark Murray is going to be all frustrated with me. But <laughs> she was absolutely tremendous and, and just held the room wrapped with attention. Um, I remember being in D.C. and uh, it was Woodward, right? It was there, I think. Uh, oh, Bob Woodward was there. Oh, three my years goodness. ago. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, I just got there right when it started because I was just coming in. And he had, you know, 5,000 kids wrapped yeah. telling his story. And then I also had the great joy and pleasure. Um, Lisa and Laura Ling were both my students. That's a great story. You know the story about, about Laura being uh, held captive in, in North Korea. Um, they came to our journalism convention and told the story, and it was amazing, and what a thrill for me. We've covered a lot of ground here. Um, I do want to encourage people who are listening. Um, you can reach out on Twitter uh, if you've got questions uh, that we haven't addressed, and I know that Jim and I will both be happy to to answer those for you. So you can find the podcast on Twitter at, at yearbookwise. That's W-H-Y-S. Um, and in the description of the podcast, uh, Jim, if it's all right with you, I'll include some contact information for you. Perfect. Uh, and for me both. Uh, I know that we want to um, spread. I mean, th this these opportunities have been transformative for us both. Um, uh, you and I joke about, you know, being a different, uh, different generations in yearbook advising uh, you, I think you attended your first convention when I was in like second grade, uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, but it, it really, I, I know we both can't recommend them highly enough. It, it can be daunting to think about plane tickets and hotel reservations and where do we eat? Um, you know, I, I think maybe it's a corollary to those, those yearbook kids. You, you, um, you give them the right resources and technology and guidance and training and just let them fly. My experience today, knock on wood has been, you put your book kids in a plane or on a bus, on a train, take them on the road and and have certainly a, a great plan. It, don't get me wrong. I don't want to sound blasé about it, but you know where this is going. They, they are just phenomenal kids, almost to a, to a one. I, I've never had problems and they, um, my kids, I'm so proud of them for, for stepping up and recognizing, you know, we've got this opportunity uh, that we've been given to to get training, to network. Um, to have our moment in, in the spotlight if they're up for an award. And um, they're just there's phenomenal opportunities. And, and to see more advisors, maybe first-time advisors or, or first-time convention goers, um, nothing makes me happier to, to have them recognized in one of the, the keynote sessions or to have you know the, the first-time staff stand up in a, in a session and, uh, and honor that. It, it can be a big first step, but the, the payoff is absolutely tremendous. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I, I can't say enough. I can't say enough about taking the risk 
and putting your foot into the water of conventions. It, it will change your life. And uh, if you do go and it's your first one, um, find us. We'd love to talk to you and say hello and and thank you for becoming a part of this um, great, rich fraternity of men and women who are doing this work with kids. Absolutely. Um, You'll be at the Wallsworth booth in San Francisco, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. And because because ultimately, you know, when you when you strip it away, if you're a career teacher like Mike and I are, the book is important. But what's really important is helping kids grow and find their best potential. That's what really excites us. Your book is a vehicle to do that. A great one. One of the best ones. But what we really love is seeing kids blossom and grow and find the talents and skills they didn't know that they had. Absolutely. And this is just one of many opportunities to help kids do that. And that's what really excites us. Yeah. I think the, the coda for me is, you know, it was round about when I first met you in 2007. My progression was, hey, Mike, you really should get your kids to summer camp. Okay, we'll give it a try. And we went and things started changing. And then the next natural um, piece of advice was, hey, you should get them on the road, get to a convention. And I went by myself to Washington uh, once. And oh, you did? It, yep. It was, uh, I think it was the 2009 November, if I, if I have it right. Uh, but yeah. that was just me solo taking that advice to just kind of take it all in and, um, and to develop the network and be able to take some time for myself. And we've never looked back. And I think that as, as you probably know, with with uh, mentoring my staffs over the last 10 years, that that set us on a path of improvement and refinement and growth um, that that is just absolutely priceless. I cherish those days. I There were camps, GYE, that I got to work with your editors, and then I would see them in the fall, and they would show me their work. And it was just amazing to have that part of the – continuum of the growth of your kids and some of my still friends on facebook and yep. i almost get as excited about the things they're doing as you do mike yeah <laughs> well listen friends um thank you for joining us for another episode of the yearbook wise podcast jim thank you so much for your oh, time anytime and, uh, and your friendship too i uh i love you buddy and and i'm so so thrilled for this next chapter of your work with walsworth and certainly i'll be stopping by the booth in san francisco maybe we record another episode when we're there Oh, I think that'd be great. That'd be Any, great. Yeah, just get get us both talking about your book, and we can go on for days. That'd be awesome. Hey, friend, you All take right, care. Love you too, my friend. Be well. Thanks, Jim. I'm grateful to Jim for sharing his expertise with all of us, and you can be sure to find him at the Walsworth booth in Chicago. Again, the dates for Chicago's convention are November 1st through 4th. And if you hadn't picked up on it, of course, because this episode originally aired back in February 2018. Uh, any talk of uh, CSPA Spring or JEA in San Francisco is just a little bit dated. Um, you know, this content came from early uh, in the feed, and I wanted to draw your attention to some other episodes lurking back there that if you are a newer listener, perhaps you hadn't caught yet. Uh, if you go back in the feed on your podcasting app or at Apple iTunes, you may be interested now that your staffs are getting back into school to explore social media and your staff's social media presence. You could look to episode two 
and why Instagram and the interview I did with the social media editor from the Whitney Details Yearbook. Uh, you might be interested also in my conversation with Annie Gorenstein Falkenberg from Longmont High School, Episode 7, about reflective assessment and grading. And uh, every great yearbook staff can do with keeping their eyes on the prize in theme development. And uh, maybe your staff, like mine, could use a little late summer theme tune-up. Uh, to do that, you'd want to access uh, our most listened to episode, I'm proud to say, episode 11, Theme Development with Carrie Faust. It's not to be missed and is absolutely uh, a great one for students to listen to if they haven't caught it yet. Uh, once again, friends, you can be in touch at iteachyearbook at gmail.com where you can find the podcast uh, for a share or a follow at, at yearbookwise. That's yearbook, W-H-Y-S, on Twitter. It'd be great to have you uh, review the podcast on Apple iTunes. It's always nice to hear back in from people and know that the uh, that the content and the podcast are having an impact out there in the uh, in the yearbook world. Uh, for now, uh, the next episode up is going to be Bobby Hawthorne's on coverage and reporting. Uh, you don't want to miss it. That should be out just about a week from now. And uh, I do hope that uh, you are laying in plans that we'll uh, be able to say hello to each other in Chicago. Anyhow, friends, for now, good luck. Be well. We'll talk soon.